0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of Free Range Thinking. We're very excited today because we have our first guest. And this is Nick Perry. And so we're very excited. We'll let him introduce himself. Hi. Uh, yes, we're, we're in uh, our, our cozy recording caves, ready to dive in to some interesting topics and rabbit holes. And so this will be interesting now with three people instead of two and i'm sharon lee
1: i'm alex carl and i'm nick perry
0: (laughs) yay and every week we serve up a delicious buffet of neurodivergent topics discussions questions and explorations around the subject of living as a neurodivergent human we enjoy talking about and celebrating how people like us can not only thrive in today's world but prosper because the world desperately needs neurodivergent humans to bring real transformation and evolution to mankind and we are the keys to through the shitstorm of a one size fits all world and that is no joke voila so i had a thought of this is this is my my way of planning right <clears throat> i figured today would go into or this morning would go into f- in four phases there's the wander in <laughs> where we introduce you there's the wander around <laughs> we wander around and talk about shit then about the one hour mark we wander towards the exit and at one hour 30 we wander out how does that nice. sound to you guys
1: that sounds good <laughs> so, so a wander in, a meander a around the middle and a and, a, and a wander out uh, that's that's my kind of that's my kind of place <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, feels like home. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, um, I was thinking the other day, it was like, when Alex and I were talking, it's like, where, Nick, how did you and I meet We met in the like, agile thing?
1: Where did we meet? That is a good question. This is, this is so, so one of the, one of the, the joys of my particular neurodiversity which is sensory processing sensitivity, which, as you know, is a huge spectrum anyway. So my brain kind of wipes it. It absorbs everything, but it forgets it all. So, so I don't have the um, worry of holding on to loads of information. And I wander through life in the moment all of the time. Um, and so trying to recall dates and uh, <laughs> times when we actually met, that doesn't... that if you put a gun to my head, I can remember it instantly. But there isn't one here, so oh, yeah, well, no. I hope not, anyway. And if, <laughs> if uh, unless I'm going to get zapped through Zoom, um, yeah. So yeah, we're, we've we've met each other for what over a year now, at least. Yeah,
0: definitely. Right. So I, it's easy for me because I just say, "Oh, we met during the pandemic." <laughs> the great, the great, the, the great pause. The great pause. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I like your,
1: I like that phrase. <laughs> that's, that's your yeah. phrase TM, isn't it? I think. Um,
0: ah. So but, I would love to start off. Um, I don't want to say like, like I sent you in a, in a messaging. We don't want to like have like, you know, the Nick Perry CV, but what's interesting to us is like, <clears throat> I don't want to say laundry list, but can you run us through like what your neurodivergence looks like? and whatever else you want to add
1: yeah well i suppose one of the important things is to to say that i didn't well i always knew i thought differently literally from being an infant um my very to 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 challenge everybody's view of of everything including my own families my very first feeling was when i was still in my mother's womb right and so my neurodivergence is is around senses so most of my senses are sharper according to the scientific research than about 85 percent of the population Mm -hmm. so i can hear sounds that other people can't hear because my sound range is a lot bigger i can see colors that other people can't see so like when i'm talking to somebody like i can see little bits of the blood in their face like moving around under their skin and things like that and pick up different things which can alert me that something has changed within them while I'm talking. I have a greater sense of taste, of smell, of feeling. Uh, so like I practice as a psychic, so you can even feel the dead and weird stuff like that. Um, feel energy and stones and and all sorts of other stuff, which I guess perhaps is not as quite as uncommon as, as, as that. But mine is basically around my senses. Um, that's the upside. But the downside is my working memory is super small. So like I have a memory like a goldfish. Uh, Well, I say that. (laughs) I absorb it all. And I have a phrase which is from Sun Tzu, which I kind of live my life to, which was reject that which is useless, absorb that which is useful. And what is left make essentially your own. And I kind of live my life around that because I found that in my, the way that I am, 99% 99% of everything is pretty useless. And so I just have to hold on to about one or less percent, uh, which, which I kind of recall like that quote as one of those things. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, so mine it's called sensory processing sensitivity, but I didn't know I had it really until about three years ago, um, but I always knew I was different. Uh, when I was growing up, people didn't know about neurodivis. Or didn't talk about neurodivergence mm. and all of that stuff and i was masking like so many autistic people mm. um <laughs> you know my, my my whole life so it's, it's uh understanding what it is and and, and how it affects my way of uh, of being is as useful and, and enlightening how's that that's that's a that's walk great. around the neurodivergence and I yeah, saw Alex's yeah. my, my senses saw Alex's finger go up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I already had a I already had a question uh when you when you uh described it and the question is uh, can you can you forget something on purpose? Um,
1: it's it's not exactly like that. So I, I take it all in, I absorb everything like a sponge. I mean, it, it's all there somewhere. Mm. But it's like, if you think of like the cloud, it's like it gets outsourced to the cloud. And and, and when you say that, so when I was very young, when I was in like early teens, um, it felt like there was just too much information in my head. So I used to have perfect recall at that age. I could tell you everything photographically, movies would show, I could tell you the air temperature, I could tell you the seconds on the clock. Um, which, which, because the VCR would have like, you know, the minutes, the seconds, I could pull everybody's conversation, repeat it all word for word, which, um, and, but it just felt like there was just too much. Um, and so I made a conscious effort to let it all go at mm-hmm. that age, push it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a bit of an asshole actually as a, sorry, language uh, as a, as a, as a teenager, because it was impossible to win an argument even when I was wrong. Because I could recall everything word for word and manipulate it in a way that mm-hmm. it was it seemed indisputable. Um even and 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 I was like I didn't actually like the person that I'd become. I thought, right, I do, do need to change. So so there was a conscious effort at that age to hold it all somewhere in the cloud, let's say, but not but not in uh in, in the way that 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 it was. So yeah, so I kind of flipped my personality and i I think i don't know if that's a a neurodivergent skill that we have that we can to some degree rewire our brains i don't know if that's true or not i I just speak for myself in in that was how it was as a as a a young teenager
0: yeah i relate very much to what you're saying um in the total recall of every conversation which is not a a um uh, appreciated skill when you're young and in relationships <laughs> and people would say, yeah, you should have been a lawyer. Like, uh, maybe, um, but, but, you know, no, I totally, uh, understand exactly what you're, what you're speaking about. And it's like later on in life, you kind of, you know, temper that down. And just as a side note, um, <clears throat> we do cuss on this podcast. Um, being my um kind of borderline Tourette's thing although I'm really comfortable with you two so it doesn't won't show as much um but yeah no it is what it is
1: <laughs> I mean there is um there is obviously you know that sense of I think with neurodivergent people are, even as kids you just go around going you know like what the fuck? when you just see what's happening in life you're like how can these people not see see these patterns that are so harmful how can they not and you you try to find all sorts of different ways to illuminate it for them or to and they just like they just keep following these patterns which are not healthy and you're like you know like like i mean that was one of the first things that at six at six well my very first sort of i suppose indication that I was different was my first day of primary school which is the school you go to after kind of play school nursery as the kids in the UK and um, on the second day my mum was like walking me in and she goes uh, I said oh we can go back to nursery today we're not going to go to uh, primary school and she goes what do you mean Nicholas Uh, you know and I was like well I don't learn like that you know these people telling me what's in books and answers I learned by playing and and I knew and you know I I tried to I tried to conform for about two or three weeks um and this is like when I'm five and uh Mm -hmm. and it was making me deeply unhappy at at, at that age and I was like you know and then I I just started looking at myself kind of you know because I guess there's a big intro side of 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 me you know like with this sort of introverted sense And, and I was like is there something wrong with me you know that I can't do that this way um, and then I thought no nah, there's nothing wrong with me I actually think I'm alright and uh, and then I just <laughs> from that moment onwards I was just myself for the rest of life you know I just like just be who, who you are right mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean at six I could start I started thinking about the planet which is a bit weird for a six year old because mm-hmm. I, I saw like um, I was in the playground and there was this bin that was filling with packets of crisps and I was like, yeah. Well, it had a, a loads of other stuff in it too. And I was like, because of my senses, I can sense the plastic, and I can sense that that doesn't degrade. Um, and and all of these sort of images appear in my mind. I'm like, okay. Well, if that doesn't degrade, what happens to it? So I asked the this teacher that was monitoring us, and I said, oh, you know, uh, Miss, what happens when like the bin fills up? And she goes, oh, well, the dustmen they take it away in a in a in a cart. And I was like, oh, what happens when a dust cart fills up? She's like, oh, well, they take it to a tip. And I was like, well, what happens when the tip fills up? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So so I started just looking into it myself. And I realized they plant this stuff in the ground. And I'm like, well, what happens when the ground fills up? You know, we're killing the ground that can sustain life. You know, mm-hmm. that this isn't, this isn't right. You know, there's something fundamentally wrong. Why do these, you know, why do these people think this is, you know, sustainable. And then you look at population, you look at all these other things. And, and so, yeah, by the age of seven, I was figuring out the meaning of life and stuff like that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I would be completely distracted at school because this school wasn't that important. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, what, what are we actually doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like crazy
0: stuff. Yes. I do know what you mean. <laughs> Alex, how was it for you?
2: um <laughs> for me in school i i i realized it uh, in in hindsight uh so we often okay. talked about school systems uh and and the school system uh, itself on the podcast my daughter is in a montessori kindergarten and he's, she's going to montessori elementary school uh, this summer so i could totally relate what you just said with that when I was uh, for the first time in the kindergarten four years ago uh, on an, it was an evening for the parents to yes yeah, see where the kids live throughout the day when they are when they are there um, and um, back then the the, kinder- the the chief of the kindergarten Brigitte or Brigitte. Um, she did montessori uh education uh for kids up until six for i guess like 30 years or so oh, wow. and she she <coughs> let us she, she explained a lot and she explained a lot of the the um, yeah the background of of um, the montessori uh, s- teaching style or education style. And then she let us experience some of the materials. So we could team up in two or three groups and uh, we could take some of the, of the materials uh, out of uh, the cupboards and just work with it. Because she always said that when, when you use Montessori materials, they tell the kids that they are, that they uh, work with it and not play with it, um, because for one they are really expensive, so they they should use them in the way that they are supposed to and not run around and playing knights, for example, because they are yeah. like <laughs> one 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 <laughs> meter long wooden wooden mm-hmm. stuffs to 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 do maths with, and to calculate with. Uh, and she said when you give this to kids, they immediately lo- go like use it as a lightsaber or like a sword. Uh, and then they would break really, really soon. So they use the wording work with the material, hmm. but not o- only with the Montessori material. All other hmm. stuff, they have that like normal toys uh, in their kindergarten as well. And those are to play with. Uh, so we as, uh, as, as uh, adults uh, sat on the ground and were working with this materials, This calculating materials, there's the material of the golden pearls, which is one pearl, of course, it's for one. Then you have a row of 10. Then you have a, a square of 100 and you have a cube of a thousand. It's like 10 of this, this flat uh, uh, things uh, of a thousand golden pearls. So the kids really early on uh, can yeah work or play with really large numbers for yeah. example, or we had uh, a box full of uh, cards with colors on them, like 50 or 60 color cards and you can sort them or you can you can lay them uh, around in, in, in a rainbow or whatever you, you, you could imagine doing with them. Uh, and that was the first time when I realized, when I really realized what it means to learn through playing or learn hmm. in a playful way, uh, just with experimenting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as a kid, the, the, the kids um, know quite intuitively which toys or which materials are in in, in which category which is about language, which is, which is about math and um, and, and, and numbers, uh, which is about the planet. There's like a corner in each uh, uh, kindergarten room, uh, which is like a, a planet or I think they call it cosmic uh, corner. Uh, yeah, where mm-hmm. everything is uh, uh, like maps of the planet, uh, little, little animals uh, that you can put on the planet where they live or whatever. So you can, you can repurpose, uh, a lot of the material, uh, for, for different, um, mm, learning and making sense of stuff mm-hmm. or making, making sense of things. And when, when you described how you were on the playground and how you just realized with like six years old, um, mm-hmm. How hmm, idiotic people <laughs>
1: it's 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 math isn't it it's math it's like yeah. you're like this is a mathematical equation yes this doesn't make any sense you know yes. and, mm-hmm. and, i mean i i I suppose that getting a little bit about what you were saying there is is I knew all of my times tables even by six you know i I knew i i I was mathematically um and and I ended up working in casinos, like working out huge bets, and you know, mm-hmm. like when the casino table looks like, you know, roulette table looks like Manhattan skyline or something like that. You know, there's all of this stuff, and and all of that stuff just came easily for me, like mathematical. But yeah, it's really a mathematical answer. It's like mathematically, this doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. But you obviously put that into a human context and yeah. and 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 a, a different way as well. It's like can they not see this these are supposed to be uh-huh. you know yeah and, and, and you hold these <laughs> these teachers in high regard especially as, as 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 young as you are and it's it's only later that you realize that we're all human and we all have different abilities but at that age you're like you have a, quite a small understanding uh, of 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 people and you know that teachers aren't you know these godlike figures that that know everything and have all of the answers and 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 all of that sort of stuff and so it's like how can you not see this you know and it's it takes a while before you have more understanding and and I suppose empathy and compassion as well to accept mm-hmm. that we're all different um and, and for us it's easy but not always for others um, yeah
0: i think a lot about um my sister and how rough it probably was being my sibling um mm-hmm. Because again, you know, kids are, you know, you you it, some things are narrow and some things are wide open, and and so I think a lot about, um, kind of, with my cocktail of neurodivergence and kind of being somewhere on the spectrum, um, and but yet, you know, my swim lane from really early was behavioral science, which sounds like a contradiction. Um, and again, I you know the way my mother raised me and, and raised us in talking about feelings and emotions and um, practicing with material that she was using at her job for you know counsel for exceptional children. I can't tell you what is nature nurture in that respect, but it's like I remember distinctly being five or six and being out you know I was out in in the woods and realizing it was probably an incident, I don't remember, it was probably an incident with my sister, neighbor neighbor kids, I'm not quite sure, but I distinctly remember thinking, huh, okay, I have this thing, and I, re- I remember feeling, maybe not the exact words of this as a gift, but I said, okay, this is different, this is powerful, that I did have um, the words of, and I said, And consciously making the decision, thinking to myself, I could use this for good, or I could use this for evil. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to choose to use it for good. And
1: Uh, what what age were you then?
0: About five or six. Yeah. And, but I remember being, you know, it's like recognizing clear as day that I was different. And I'm like, hmm, okay, what can I do with this? and what you know not necessarily what does this mean because if kids aren't necessarily on you know you're not on that track you're just like huh and you just <laughs> continue going on in the capacity you have as a little kid uh but i you know so it's just the observation of you know other animals humans being one of them um, you know it was all animal you know animal behaviors it's, it's, it, but humans it kind of bugs some people when I put <laughs> humans as animals, and it's in all my well, artwork as well. I are
1: not We are Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And we like to think we're domesticated. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I, that hasn't been my experience. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious yeah. also if, if Alex had a had a moment in 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 uh, yeah. in in your life when you thought you know I can go one way or another. Um,
2: not that i can recall it now um for me it's more making sense of it uh, making sense of some things in hindsight when i get new information what we talked about a lot on the podcast already uh is uh um the yeah neurodivergent feature of of aphantasia so that means, do you know what what Aventasia means? It's so yes, nice. is
1: is this where? Well, I say yes, not in truth, no, because I don't have it. But I think it's where you, the imagination is is slightly affected, so that it doesn't create a visualized image, but you can still visualize things in in different ways. So,
2: for me you, you, I, you I can't it, visu- yeah. I, I, for me it's like i i can't visualize anything so i always uh, um, try to describe something in my head with words most of the time uh, but I can't recall a picture or I can't when you when you say uh, uh describe the face of your daughter for example I can't because i I can tell you that her hair is blonde. I can tell you that her eyes are blue, uh, but that's basically it. I can't visualize her face in my uh, in front of my inner eye. But a lot of uh, teaching methods in school, for example, are based on visual descriptions, on uh, visualizing visualizing uh, stuff. Or uh, and I. I understood, looking back, that I'm a uh, auditorial learner. So I learned by hearing and ex- absorbing uh, a lot of things, o- of course, by seeing s- stuff. And when I uh, copy something from a blackboard or whatever, and I, I draw something, uh, then I, it, it helps me, it helps me understand concepts topics uh, but i didn't realize that for example uh when i was in school the the only thing i can i can recall is that around nine or ten uh but that is not a root feature i would say um but but that's something i remember is uh that i that i realized there can't be a god so i was like an atheist kid because before i <laughs> before i even know what the what the term means uh, or meant Uh that's something that i can recall as a kid realizing that is not possible
1: I, i'm curious as well is With your um, amnesia, does that have um, a compensatory effect in other areas of your being? For example? Well, like for for in in my case that not having a uh uh uh, or having a a working memory that is not as accessible or or whatever, what happens is that heightens all of my senses. So it makes all of my senses even more. you know off the charts um, uh, if you like so and and i can pick up small subtle changes in dynamics in in human relationships that you know mm-hmm. all sorts of weird stuff that that there's there's compensations for my um uh limit in 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 one area that there's a compensation somewhere somewhere else um and it's a bit like you know, if somebody is blind, that then they're, they're, all of their other senses get oh, sharper. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether that aphantasia has a has a has had compensations for
2: you. I, I think it it, uh, it made me compensate it by being quite good with words and with language, and with expressing things through language. Hearing me talking English, it's not that easy. <laughs> oh, it to sounds believe, good. Uh, b- because <laughs> I, I have to like think in in, in slow motion uh, then. But when I when I talk or think in German, then it's uh, then then uh, I, I can make uh, I can I can describe things uh, in, in 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 words. Quite fast and quite good, I think, because I don't rely on the images, or well, it's not possible for me to, to mm-hmm. rely on images. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, a, a downside of that is um, because memory often works by by picturing stuff. Um, I always um, I'm always anxious to forget something. So I'm quite vigorously taking notes of everything, and and I write down so, so mu- still so much. I I turned it down over the over the years, and I I reined it in a little bit, um, but I still have to to write things down all the time because I can't memorize them uh in 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 my head that good as people Mm -hmm. i guess uh who who can use strategies like this this mimetic strategies where you um take a take a route through a house and attach things you want to remember memory palaces yeah memory palace yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's something that just doesn't work for me
1: just out of curiosity, because I am mm-hmm. generally curious, As I was reading an article about Aphantasia the other day, and actually that a lot of people with Aphantasia actually go on to become artists so that they
0: mm-hmm.
1: can they create brilliant paintings mm-hmm. and, and visual art. Um, um and, and, and 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 it was interesting. And I was wondering whether when you write the stuff down, are you when you when you remember that stuff, do you see the words in your mind? It's just a curious
2: question. I, uh... mm, I went, when I concentrate really hard, I can see words, but only just one or two. And I think mm-hmm. there are people who can visualize like a whole page, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, through, through, uh, the, the conversations with Sharon, I, um, I started doing more art. Arts, artsy stuff. So I I uh, tried out different different uh, yeah art forms, uh, for example, and uh, that's working quite well.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm also curious if you're quite a good improviser.
2: Ah yes, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think this is a common uh, thread in in neurodivergent people because we right. we have our things that we're strong in and the things that are limitations and that we have to find ways to improvise from a young age particularly I suppose when it neuro, certainly in my case neurodivergence wasn't recognized in in kids it, it is a, you know if, if back through my life it's blindingly obvious but yeah. uh, it, it was certainly wasn't when when I was growing up and and um you know I, I I knew I was different but whenever I would would raise it it's like you're not you're just exactly the same you know you get told this you're you're just lazy mm-hmm. or you know you and, get all of these yeah. different I'm like you're not you trying
2: know,
0: you're not
1: no. trying I mean all I, my I, report
0: cards all my report cards were she's really smart but she just doesn't try
1: that's what that's what I, that's she's exactly what my crazy. Well, I, I once got um, an A for attainment and an E for effort on my school report. And I was like, <laughs> how does that work out? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, he's just, he, he you know, he just could try harder. You know, it's just like, it doesn't seem. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, another funny sort of story from, uh, which kind of is, is, is typical, I think, of, of a neurodivergent mind. And this was, this was again in, in when I was six, you know, uh, I, I, I was, trying to remember the whole context of the story now it's such a long time ago but um, I I was questioning why we just had to do what's what's in a book because I would always ask the teacher lots of questions Um, and they would and and the teacher said to me no you just need to do what's in the book Um, and so I took that like literally I was like okay so I did the whole book for the whole of the term which was about there was about two and a half months of it left, over a weekend. <laughs> and I brought it in on the Monday thinking she'd be overjoyed um, at, at seeing that all of this work done and completed. And she was horrified. I mean, the look on her face, <laughs> somebody <laughs> that picks up on a sensory stuff. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like, you know, this wasn't what I was expecting, <laughs> completely the opposite. And, um, and she goes, what have you done? And I'm like, what well, do you said? We just have to do what's in the book. So I've done it all. Like you know, uh, and she says no, no, no. We have to do it like you know, gradually. But you know, it is you know. I see, I see Sharon laughing, and I see it. Alex yeah. with his hand up. <laughs>
0: that's that's with that's the, like the story of in the beginning of school again, you know, five, six, seven, and I would be excited, um and we get these new materials, new books, new things to learn, and I would read the whole reading list right away and then I'd be bored to tears for the rest of the time um, but I didn't ask anybody I just did it and then same thing with the math books to the point where they skipped me the grades but then didn't see. oh she's smart she must know all of it wrong
1: that's mm. <laughs> <Just> the stuff <laughs> that I was, was interesting <laughs> time,
0: pretty much but I did the whole thing you know the, the workbooks but- they seemed easy to me but then when they switched me, then they weren't explaining it. And I had a really shitty teacher at that point and would humiliate me in front of the class. It's like, well, I don't know why they moved you up. You're obviously not smart. They obviously made a mistake. You know, I would just sit in the class and cry. And so that, and that at early age I learned to stop asking questions, um, talk about masking. And they finally moved me one down because they skipped me the two, moved me back down to one. But, it's like, I, I didn't, I taught, I had to teach myself how to tell time later, come find out that the numerical dyslexia, the kids, you, we don't know how to tell time. It doesn't mean anything. And so of course now I'm obsessed with watches. Um, but I remember masking that, that a fact that I couldn't tell time and the teachers would say, you know, just to kind of, Push the kids a little bit and say, "Okay, now whose turn is it today? Tell me what time it was." And man, I did everything <laughs> not make eye contact because I couldn't. I couldn't look at the clock and tell what time it was. Um, and it seems so simple, but with the numerical dyslexia, and I, there's a word for it that I don't. I can't keep in my head because it's dyslexia. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's uh um yeah it, it appears in very strange areas it's not like consistent um especially if should, you're we, should I we make up a word for funk.
1: it like numismia or something like that <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> the numerical uh you know well no let to go, we'll go into it
1: <laughs> there's, there's this there's this calculator isn't there which is
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. Uh, but it's not just calculations. It has effects in other areas. It was interesting. I'm going to go back to when you were saying what, you know, when you were, you know, um, you know, struggled in one area or um, uh, and, 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 but then it, you were stronger, the compensation were stronger in other areas. That's definitely one of them, you um, Uh, but you, you learn how to, to have a workaround (coughs) and in mathematics, it's it, I couldn't, I would get the answer to a lot of things, but I couldn't explain how I got there and they wanted to know how you got there. And so there was no credit and no, I want to say care about how I got there, the right answer. And of course, in certain classes with certain teachers, then they think you're cheating. Um, so <laughs> well, it's yeah. hard as a kid to hold respect for people who are doing that. And and so it's like, well, okay, I just have to endure this. It'll be over at some point in a couple of years, and then I can do what I want to do, how I want to do it. But recognizing that, again, I was lucky because of my mother, um, I didn't grow up in, in a home culture where I was being um, made to feel less than. And I was very lucky in that count um, because I knew I was smart. I knew I was fine. It was just ugh, having to tolerate the system. Of course, at that age, you don't know that that's what's kind of going on, but you're just, ugh. you know, it's an endurance race. Or not race, but an, an endurance test. <laughs> and oh, well, it's I, like okay, when I get out, I, you know. Well, but I, the I adaptability.
1: Alex, what are you gonna ask? Mm-hmm.
2: I I just I just had to think uh, two two things. First, uh, what, what Sharon just said. Uh, I guess this not being able to explain how you got there. I remember Mm -hmm. that I once, but then I I was a bit older. I was like 10 or 11 or so when a math teacher asked me, okay, how did you got there? And I said, yeah, I just solved the problem. Yeah, but how did you get there? And I said, does it matter? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, such... I, I, I mean it doesn't uh, matter to, I, I, uh, I, I resonate so
2: much with you You mm-hmm, don't need mm-hmm. and unless you want to be a teacher I don't have to explain how I got there I just do the job and um, I can relate to that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of with computer things because uh, I was always the, the, the person who was asked in my family or, or around friends when they had uh, problems with their computer and I can solve these problems mm-hmm. but I can't explain how I do it because it just it's just natural yeah. <laughs> I it, just it... I, I just do it and it just works but don't ask me how
1: there's a spontaneous happening and mm-hmm. this is this is kind of how I explain people are like why are you so chilled out and stuff you know it's like i'm just like well i just let life happen <laughs> i i let life come to me rather than me going out i, I have no ambition other than to be happy that's my only ambition mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. at school i was told it wasn't an ambition and that you know it was another example of how wrong i was for you know like you know this is another example of why he's a troublesome kid you know, I I, gen, I say that I think being happy is an ambition. It's an ambition mm-hmm. that you can realize um, just through through life. But if you if you don't try, when you try to make things happen, they it's hard. But when you let things happen, it's quite easy. It's is a low energy cost transaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, just let if you if you if you wait, everything comes to you. Opportunity. So you know, my career is is you know I've had over a hundred different jobs, uh, which is, you know, for a kid that, that left school without qualifications, um, you know, I've never had a problem finding work and not only finding work, but getting right to the top because I'm basically an idiot, right? I don't know anything. And so my mind, my mind's completely plastic and it can take on anything. I can learn anything quite fast. And then I've forgotten it and, and, and everything that I do, I, I start afresh every day. And so, you know, it, I, I sort of well, it's just never held me back in any way, shape, or form. But when you're not worried about money, when you don't think about money, when you don't think about all of this sort of stuff, you're free to do anything. You've got 360 degrees of opportunity all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Sharon, you.
0: I got a question. It's it's because um, I have that the, the kind of the same configuration as you do, which is why we get along. And <laughs> one of the reasons why we get along and then we both have a passion for cats but yep. uh for the kitties yeah,
1: mine hasn't made an entrance yet uh, i'm sure that it <laughs> won't be too long
0: <laughs> but it's um so your mother your it's like i'm guessing she was very accepting and supportive of you not
1: uh, well no not no she she was very um she taught me in my very she taught me all my times tables you know and, and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff from her and she's she couldn't understand why i didn't work at school and and i couldn't explain it because i didn't know um mm-hmm. why um but it was because of that one-on-one relationship one-on-one i was fine but when because i mm-hmm. pick up so much sensory input if mm-hmm. you put me into a class full of kids it's just too much going on um yeah. And, I, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm here, there, I'm everywhere, and I'm thinking about deep things. And sensory processing sensitivity is quite similar to ADD and ADHD, except we process things really, really intensely. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing, just slightly different in, in some ways, um, because we just hold on to stuff. And unless it's resolved in our mind, it's kind of always there in the background running an application Mm -hmm. if you think of it from a computer perspective it's like Mm -hmm. it's running until something important happens and then it all gets cleared down for a bit and then you can focus you have that deep focus on what's in front of you you know like a like a deadline or like the the Mm -hmm. start of this podcast when you haven't prepared suddenly it all comes together just before Mm -hmm. the the moment when it's needed you know these things they spontaneously happen and 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 you know
0: that sounds so familiar and but this is how i learned this is how i learned to to be more precise in describing how i function because what you're describing sounds so much like well well, i'm going to explain it to you from
1: a chemical perspective and this is only what i feel inside my own body Mm -hmm. so um at the point of fear or of like you know like it's all got is all of the, that these chemist, chemical reactions happen in my brain? You get loads of like uh, adrenaline, of dopamine, of you know, uh, of serotonin, of of all sorts of different things happen that heightens my IQ to probably, I don't know, hundreds. You know, and 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 this has been scientifically measured in extreme sports people. There's a book called mm-hmm. The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler. Mm-hmm. Um, which Mm -hmm. kind of and 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 i think the procrastinators this happens to a lot of procrastinators right if you've got a deadline you know you you get right up to that point and then all of these chemicals get released into the bloodstream and serendipity happens right you know you you hear something which then and, and and it all kind of comes into this collective something that ends up most times working out pretty well you know you do have the occasional spectacular failure um but uh most times it, it ends up being you know something mm-hmm. pretty extraordinary mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and it's all been it's all been designed in maybe 30 minutes or something and it, and it just kind of <laughs> happens you know and and you, you it's not that you haven't been trying hard for however long that period is up mm-hmm. to that time mm-hmm. You know, you're doing loads of processing and thinking, and you have good ideas, but you could never get them onto paper or onto a board or or into a, a physical space. But then suddenly, then everything kind of mm-hmm. spontaneously happens, and and it's been spontaneously happening for 50 years in my case. And, yeah, and I think so that's I how feel I've been very way. lucky. Yeah,
0: it's, now that I'm 60, it's like a lifetime, basically, of the preparation and the experiencing and the experimenting wow it's really paying off yeah seriously pays off right now and and it's like yeah i'm having so much fun at this age i can't it's hard to describe
1: (laughs) well i I, I don't know if it's sort of kind of relevant or or or, or not relevant for for other people but one of the things that that i was thinking about as a kid um Mm -hmm. And and it was it was a it was around about that time when when I made a decision to change the way that, that 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 my kind of brain worked. It was I looked at it and I thought, quite arrogantly, I was like, "What's the most I could know in between now and being about seventy, which is what I thought my life expectancy pre was then?" And um, and I was thinking maybe I can know like one percent of everything, or or, or whatever. <laughs> and I, I'm like, well. And, and that was pretty a gross overestimation. Um, and I was like, why am I trying to learn stuff and know stuff when 99% yeah. of it's always going to be the unknown? <laughs> why don't I just push into the unknown and, and, and learn how to work in that space? Okay. Because that's where everything is. That's where all the knowledge is, right? And so when you've got no once you realize that you don't know anything anyway, because quite often, you know, everything I do is it, not true. So don't believe a word of this podcast, you know. It's it, it's true <laughs> to some degree, but everything has an exception and 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 it's only true for me in the moment and and then the next moment I am something else. And so it's like, you know, I, I thought just push into the unknown. Just unlearn everything try to, to to outsource it to the cloud you know like this which is kind of what i did and then absorb it all so it's all there out in the collective consciousness if if, you, if you're a hindu or something you know the krishna uh consciousness uh, and all of that kind of stuff but um just say it's it's there and and if somebody's got a gun to my head i can recall it but but otherwise it's not so, so there's all of this stuff just going on in the background and yeah i was like well where where all the action is is in the unknown and so, I've been pushing on into that. I pushed deeper into it, so you know, trying to learn less ev- ev- or unlearn more every day, so that that, that I know less. Um,
2: I've been mm-hmm. pushing
1: in that direction since since I was a kid, and and it it, it keeps you happy because you're you're basically ignorant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can recall that as a kid. Uh, it, it it starts back then, and I accepted it uh, in, in in the last years uh that for me i always collected yeah like like collected books about everything that was interesting me but i almost always and i think that's because of the adhd or whatever form i have i not really i don't i'm not able to read a whole book normally because it gets too un- uh, interesting too soon um So for me, I developed a strategy of, okay, I I get a book, I put it on the shelf. And as soon as I put it on the shelf, I at least, I don't know what's in there, but I know why I'm interested in (laughs) the the book in the first place and can make some connections and get it out from time to time and look uh, on, on two or three pages. And then I put it back again. So it's like reading a book takes me sometimes like 20 years or so. But I uh, absorb it really slowly, which can drive my girlfriend totally crazy because she's (laughs) like, uh, when she was studying, she she was uh, 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 studying English in, in university, and like reading was her job, and like reading one or two or three books a day was totally totally normal for her uh and she's always like you look at this book for like 20 minutes and then you put it on the shelf and never touch it again or don't touch it again for five or six years why are you buying them in the first place <laughs> and i was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> when i put it on the shelf i quite I, I know a bit of what's in there so that's enough for me yeah and for mm-hmm. me uh, uh one of the, uh, the the greatest tools is uh, do you know blinkist or blink yeah oh yes Oh, God, yes, that, that is, that is such an, like, like an epiphany for me because I can, this attention span of 10 to 20 minutes to read the summary of a book or to listen to a summary of the book and then pick out the pieces that sound interesting and find them in the, in the actual book again, that's something I can manage. And somebody who is in book marketing or who who is in in, in ghostwriting and book marketing explained it uh, uh, some years ago that he said, you know why books are like always two or 300 pages long? It's because when there are only paper books and you try to sell them in a bookstore and you just when you compress a book to its core, like 20 or 30 pages, the back of the book is not big enough to put a title on there. right. So they bloat the books onto 200 or 300 pages so that the the back of the book is large enough to at least put an interesting title on it so that you can sell the book in a bookstore. Mm. Otherwise, a a 20 or 30 uh, pages book wouldn't make any sense back then. And I'm really wondering when <laughs> when the price for books might go up with lesser pages. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I, 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 I
2: would I, I would pay it like 10, 10, I, 15 bucks more for a book that I can read in thirty in thirty minutes and I know everything without any fluff.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I love that term. I love that term because that's how I that's how I see. It. I'm like just tell me the juicy stuff, I'm not interested in this. But but also academia is a lot like that, right? There's a right. whole load of stuff which is irrelevant. Not, you know, it might be relevant to academics, but it's not relevant, it's not usable. <laughs> you know, like, a, a, it's not effective. But there's also a really good website as well, which is called Productivity Game on YouTube, hmm. um, which does similar to Blinkist, it's called Productivity Game. And um, it, it cuts that stuff down and so you can then watch the video, um, and, and it would, it would do it in about nine, eight, nine minutes or something. It'll tell you all of the key things that that person that, that reviewed the book thought were, were the key messages. And, hmm. um, and, and, and and, uh, and, and then you can then say, right. Okay. These are the key messages. These are, these might be usable but that's or I according might want to further. that person. Exactly this, is, exactly. this but is
0: the this is the bone I have to pick with Blinkist because whoever's doing them, you know, it's subjective. It's like a, <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. And this is what you know, and I learned this well I would say from my mom, but I ha- have it kind of naturally and it's like reading was the only way um that I made it through school at all. And uh, and I didn't understand until I was in my late 20s that i'm actually dyslexic because we started reading at a very very early age and i didn't understand that i was scanning and looking at not going word for word because i can't always say i can't spell my way out of a wet paper bag i cannot spell um and french is what a horror do, <laughs> but German because it's do you see medical... patterns
1: in the in in the way that yeah. the, the book is written so, so you can um, probably read faster yeah.
0: yes i'm a very fast reader as well and but the thing is is like i just i had no idea i was dyslexic until i was i was painting in a house i had a painting contract and so i was painting and i was listening to this talk show and and this guy who is an author was talking about the fact that he has really bad dyslexia and i was like i'm painting i was like wait a minute, everything he was talking about is like stuff that I do and how I live. I was like, what? That was, that blew my mind. And so the, the thing is with the reading and it's like certain types of books now, like fiction, I like it because I can read it, you know, front to back, cover to cover. If it's, if it's good, if, if the writing is good. Um, and then I'm just swept away and I'm totally lost in it. Um the other books, anything having to do with you know nonfiction, I can't just read it front to back. I jump around. I jump around, I, first thing I do is go to the back and read the conclusion. Um the this is why I like Tim Ferris's books, because you can read and he says, you know, his reference stuff. <laughs> and he says, Yeah, nobody's gonna read this. Oh, I do. And but it's like some books in the way that they're written it's like getting into the mind and having a deep conversation with somebody which if you're just getting the bite-sized bullet points of it then you don't get but the but this is why i like the podcasts with authors because you get you get you know this perspective of the bullet points you know so nowadays we have a cornucopia Of a particular subject, like listening to Stephen Kotler, my God, you know, his book is great. I jump around in it. Love it. You know, love it, love it. I'm still, there's probably parts of it that I still haven't read, (laughs) but, but but yeah, but then to hear him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: but but, Yeah. Go
0: go ahead. Alex Alex is squirming around in his chair.
2: (laughs) I I just, I just wanted to, to, to say uh, one thing to, to, uh, uh, the, the the book thing um the the um, the problem for me is that when i start a book um mm-hmm. it fires off so many connections and patterns mm-hmm. uh, in my head that I want to jump to the next one and the next one and the next one and then I'm mm-hmm. totally lost it's um it's not uh, for me it's not that I don't don't like uh mm-hmm. reading a book from cover to cover, it's just so fucking hard for me. Uh, yes. Because sure. I, I, I I as soon as I read in even if it's a fiction book, if if the character in a fitch, fiction book mentions another book in the story, <laughs> then I'm off to Amazon and I'm buying this in the Kindle version, and I yeah, start no, reading maybe, the, maybe, the, yeah. the other book. So that that's why it's so hard for me. My my yeah. dream, my mm. dream. Uh, um, well,
0: it's why that mine look like this. Yeah, you know, and and. Yeah, but
2: I'm impatient.
0: <laughs> notes in the margins. Yeah,
2: you know, it's I, I have
0: conversations with the material yeah. because it's like. But in, in like that book, the book Wanting, and some other ones, I'll read, I could can, I can go for a paragraph, then I have to shut it and think about it and think about and go off in like 10 different rabbit holes. And then sometimes it takes me a long time to get through it, not because I'm reading slow, but exactly what you said, Alex. It's, I, you know, my brain needs to wander around and chew on and, and discuss
2: i just uh, started two two weeks ago with uh building up my own my own zettelkasten and uh, doing this this uh, bibliographic or bibliography notes like lumen nicholas lumen the the zettelkasten guy um Mm -hmm. ah yeah did so i i ditched notebooks because notebooks are going to be hidden in the shelf as well and writing on just A six slips of paper uh, gets me to write down one idea I have. And then I can get just this idea out of the box again and lay it on the table and rearrange it. How do Uh, you find them? uh, I, I reference them. Reference, uh, there reference there. There's a card uh, for the book. There's uh, a card for the author, and there's a card in the in this train of thought uh, where this goes. And every card gets a number, and I write down the number on the card uh, of where the book is. I write the card down uh, on the on the card of the of the author, so that I can find it again and I can link it with other notes
0: i wish i was that organized
2: uh, i'm not i'm not organized it's just it's it's really i i i'm just learning how to do it but it's but it's it seems to work quite well because i'm much calmer when i read Uh, because uh, i know i find that again someday uh,
1: uh, i I don't know if this will resonate with alex it might 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 do but i I, when i read a book um like i'm a bit like it, it it's quite a slow process um, but then my mind wanders, as as our minds do, and I start having those conversations. And if 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 I just focused on, I wouldn't get enough read, you know, I wouldn't have enough information. And so, like I just want to get to the juicy bits, mm-hmm. which are actually usable stuff, because otherwise I, I'm not going to actually learn enough. In and and when you get one of those juicy nuggets, there's I think that there's a a chemical response in the brain which sends out some mm-hmm. it's almost yes. like a drug it's like yes. right oh yeah right. you know yeah. And, and and ever since i was a kid I, I couldn't stand waste and and i knew that in books you you re if it's 300 page book you could probably cut it down to five pages um mm-hmm. and and the rest of it's just filler like you know uh, it's really interesting Here, hear alex it was to get the back so that you'd it's just like it is all fluff and, that, and that's how I, I use exactly the same term as you i'm like i, I just can't be bothered to draw through all it when you when you've read fluff for 50 years you're like this that's enough fluff i think i, I think i've had enough fluff i just want to get <laughs> to the juicy stuff now i've been mm-hmm. in that position for a long time actually but it's just like right i want to get to the punchy stuff and 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 the stuff that, that that's usable and so if you understand what those key messages are and you could do that in a short time then Mm -hmm. the value is still there i mean i'd still pay the same amount of money for the book because he's got that juicy stuff i'm happy to Mm -hmm. pay that but i don't want to waste most of my life just reading boring fluff which i know is just boring fluff made to badged up to be interesting and 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 perhaps it is interesting to some people but not to me i I want the i I want no waste i want a really lean view of like okay right how can i then repurpose Mm -hmm. what this is or does this make sense to me um, because I'm uh, similar to Alex it's about making sense of everything rapidly quite mm-hmm. often, and uh it's like okay i can I can look at something and probably alex is the same and, and maybe you are also and i was, does this actually even if I don't understand anything about it, I know it either makes sense or it doesn't is either right. there's a logic right. to it that 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 feels right or it either feels mm-hmm. right or it feels wrong, and most mm-hmm. of the time that instinct is is correct but then you have to uncover mm-hmm. why if in it or you don't mm-hmm. or you just say i know mm-hmm. it's wrong mm-hmm. i'm not gonna go with that or i know it's right mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm gonna and and mm-hmm. i think i shared that with you like i if i see people like i can instantly sense which ones are right and which ones are wrong uh which what one is what do you mean threat. by that so, ah, okay. exactly. even as a small child, even mm-hmm. as an infant, my mm-hmm. very some of my very first memories are just sensing the people in the room and 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 are they a threat? Um, mm-hmm. And and I think this is a this is a, there's a biological reason that the the people like us are are neurodivergent because we would have added something to the tribes in prehistoric times that we would give them a better sense of uh either safety or attack or of you know we've all got different skills for different purposes um Mm -hmm. and just because they don't always conform to societal norms we're an animal
0: i've got a good story for you about that (laughs) go for it (laughs) and um yeah when i was in high school and i wasn't a partier um definitely wasn't drinking anything like that and so uh, you know, kids go out and you know teenagers go out in cars or whatever. And I was just like, oh god, they're so stupid. They're going to get stopped again. And I just, I just felt like they were idiots. But they, I mean, they were my friends. So there. But I was like, we would be somewhere stopped, you know. And then I'd be like, oh, we got it. We got to go. Uh, there, somebody's going to come. Somebody's coming. And they're like, no, no, no. And I said, okay, look, some, you know, somebody's coming. Of course, I was driving somebody, whoever's car, because they were partying. (laughs) I was like, no, we're gonna pack it up and just steady, steady the things that, you know, don't spill anything, but you know, we're gonna go now. And as soon as we'd be leaving and going down the road and a police officer would show up and it happened consistently. So then different carloads of friends would argue over who got me in the car. (laughs) Because if I was in the car, nobody would ever get stopped or arrested or checked. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's it a, happened often that's a enough. great that is a great i have
0: and i'm not psychic there was just i don't know if it was the timing that we had been i can't i can't to this day i can't
2: explain it maybe it was but the it, timing was a thing. it was in combination with thing. the escalation level of the party and maybe it was uh you are you you are feeling maybe maybe your feeling of Uncomfortable with the level of escalation on uh, on the party or something like that, that you said okay. Well, it was like now- generally
0: winter time because we you know we we're it, it's a reason to be in the car. So I don't remember that being like warm weather. Also, although although yeah. it was, I have some memories like that. But most of it was like winter time, you know. So mm. it's, you don't have any pl- other place to go, mm. and you're just you know going around. And somebody's going to like oh we got to you know score a bag of weed and, and it was just stupid teenage stuff. It wasn't mm. like heavy duty anything. Mm. Um, just stupid teenage stuff but it was you know maybe it was my logic of like okay now if i was a police officer and we yes. were doing this we'd probably make the rest i'm sure that was part of it yes. you know the cycle of things of you know <laughs> that but, but i you know that's so much that, I
1: that we don't yeah, no, we we I don't no understand idea. that is possible yeah. right and yeah. you know this yeah. is this is this yeah. is kind of yeah because yeah. because although like i mean i Used to go to a place called the London College of Psychic Studies for about two years and, and did oh, all wow. sorts of st- sounds like Hogwarts, it was actually just a room, but it was near the Natural History Museum. But that was about as exciting <laughs> as it got. But it, it it was it was it was a place where lots of sensitive people would go and, and, and practice different things. Um but yeah, I mean I, I came to the conclusion. I didn't think that I was psychic. I I just and, and I know, you know, everybody's welcome to their own opinion on it. I just figured that I was able to pick up stuff in other people's auras that w- would enable me to um, understand, perhaps, draw up pictures in my mind of what mm-hmm. their dead relatives looked like. Yeah. Um, I could sense into the bodies of those dead relatives and and tell you perhaps what they had died from. Um, uh, you know, and and it was it was it's kind of weird, but but then I was like, I don't because I didn't understand how I did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, this feels wrong to me. So I stopped doing it. I, started, I haven't mm-hmm. done anything for like God knows how many years, like with, with all of that stuff, because sometimes people would, because it, it was an accurate reading, um, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, right. Well, I can make a decision based on that. But I was like, well, that's not okay. <laughs> not yeah. for me anyway, because mm-hmm. I I've got no idea whether it's right or wrong. And uh, and 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 yeah. So so I, I I it made me uncomfortable, and so I stopped kind of practicing all of that kind of stuff of it. But yeah, I'm not sure about psych. I think we're just sensitive, and we can yeah we can feel yeah. vibrations or or things like that, which mm-hmm. which we're able to translate into something which is in a ballpark of 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 where that is for. That's
0: it's interesting what you're saying because I don't have that, or let's say it's not developed in that, definitely not in that way. I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think, um, but the, the census thing in mind goes definitely in the direction full on of human behavior. And I've also had another, uh, people say to me, um, you know, repetitively <laughs> and often, you know, especially when they're talking about a relationship and I'm, I, to me, it's so clear. It's like, oh, I could see where this is going but it's human behavior to me it's more of a science it, yeah thing. It's,
1: it's patterns and you say it's, well this is
0: going to happen and they are like no that's not going to happen and then it does and they're like what are you psychic god it happened no, exactly like you said i'm like no it's obvious
1: yeah <laughs> it's i mean not, pe- 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 people have said to me psychic
0: at yeah. all yeah
1: yeah people have said to me stuff like, like this decades ago and they're like how mm-hmm. did you know like you know how did you know that uh I mm-hmm. you know and i'm like To me, it was just, it was a pattern. And it's a bit like, you know, like when we would know the answers to a mass sum, but not know why we know Uh the answer, you know? And Uh and I don't know if that was nature or nurture either. I sort of been thinking about it recently. And it's like, whenever somebody would ask me a question, I would have an answer wasn't always the right answer <laughs> mm-hmm. but but something would come out <laughs> and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, out of that then some sense would would, would happen and and, 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 and you kind of get to it but 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 there was just answers there without having to think about where they've come from and it's like where did that where does that come from I'm, I'm a small child and I, yeah I've got an answer for every question that's you know, a good
0: that, way to describe that yeah and then also you know like the dogs that the, the animals that can smell certain kinds of illness. And it's like, I believe well, that we well, have just
1: well, that. Just to quickly, just to sort yeah. of say, like, so, so what I've got sensory processing sensitivity is also in all species, all living mm-hmm. species. It's not just a human thing. It's like so there's dogs which are hypersensitive mm-hmm. compared to other dogs. And, and I don't know whether they're the ones that can smell illness or whether all of them can. Um, and, mm-hmm. and some of them are just
0: more... <laughs> and cats they, they can smell it. They just don't care.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, Here give, me, give me my food. That's, <laughs> but, but, but that's an that's, 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 uh, important point, I guess, uh, with the example of the dogs, because maybe first there's a level of, of ability in the dogs, how, how sensitive they are to smelling uh, different, different diseases, for, for example. And then you have maybe 1% of all the dogs can smell that, but then you have to, they can't tell you that. So from this 1% of dogs or 0.1% of dogs who are able to smell that sensitively, uh, you, you have to, you maybe can train 0.0001% or even less.
1: My, mm-hmm. my I, I suspect it might be like like mine, about fifteen percent, um, because, like, I when I go out like walking, you, dogs will just start barking at me, right? Dogs that are sensitive, right? <laughs> and they're like you, and and I can, I I don't, they sense it before I do, mm-hmm. but like as soon as I sense, I know instantly it's the same. It's like it's like uh, tuning a radio into a frequency. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like you just know, that mm-hmm. they know, you know, that you're the same uh in 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 a sense um mm-hmm. yeah i mean i could talk about hours about different things that happen with animals over the years but um it's it is it is uh it is interesting so i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously i don't know i mean it's uh i i think that there's probably a bigger percentage than than, than you would think but also a lot of people have mm-hmm. trouble with those dogs because those dogs when they're in um, different environments that are, they've got too much stimulation, they can become problematic and it's just because mm-hmm. of the way that they are, they're autistic, you know, they're autistic animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've had conversations with people that had pets and asked them about their behaviours in different circumstances and then shared well, my neurodiversity with them and say that this is also in dogs and that then they then have a choice if they want to change the way that they live their their, their lives to take the stimulation away from those dogs.
2: Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. would li- like to ask a question. Uh, mm-hmm. that's yeah m- maybe in the same ballpark, but goes back several steps uh, to the to the teacher uh, mm-hmm. that looked at you so shocked because you filled out uh, you solved the whole the whole school book in a weekend. <laughs> uh, would it have helped you? when the teacher would have explained to you why that was a problem for her and if if she had said okay uh, the, most kids are supposed to do this over the course of 3 months and most mm. kids need need to train every every uh, task in it over and over again and repeat it so that it becomes automatic uh, and um, maybe you could help now the other kids because you understood it already and and you yeah. are able to do it in two or three days. Uh, could you help me uh, teach the other kids? Would that have yeah? Would that have made sense? That, that would have made me what?
0: happy. That would have well, made me happy.
1: Okay. Well, there's there's two things that I, I would say in my case. The mm-hmm. quality of the work might not have been brilliant. Um. Uh. But it was done. <laughs> um, but but she she did explain to me um, how it should normally work, and it would have it, at an older age in in maths. One teacher did get me to help to teach the class some uh, equ- equations and different things like this. My reward for for helping her was to be moved down a set the next year to help her teach the next year. <laughs> uh, which <laughs> which 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 was uh, yes yeah, so um but to be honest it didn't it it, it didn't make any difference mm. um and, and i'm sure that she would say it's because i was disruptive um and she was just finding a way to, but it, it, and she's not here to defend us so let's probably not go there but um yeah. uh you know because by the age of 14 um i was pretty much done with school i, I would just go to mm-hmm. some of the lessons that i was interested in so i would always keep in touch with my friends and find out what was being taught at what points and so then i would just turn up occasionally and occasionally turn up to different lessons if i thought they were interesting and i could talk the teacher into letting me into the class um but yeah it was uh, uh it was it was it was it was always going to be a challenge and, and i think even the I don't blame any of those teachers i think it's 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 the can it's our way of being that that it would always be difficult except Mm -hmm. with one-to-one teaching Mm -hmm. for me to be focused and learn um because of all of those extra stimuli um so it's no there's no um blame apportion to anybody it was just just, i didn't know who who or what i was um i just knew that i i I wasn't really particularly attentive in class and it was just mm-hmm. a question of surviving school until I could go out and do other stuff similar to Sharon. And it's just like, right, okay. You know, it's, just get through these years and then yeah. go and do, go and start doing stuff. Um, and it's never been a problem at, at
2: work for, right. for some reason. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. well, what- I think we're just, we're, we're on the, the, wandering towards the exit portion of, <laughs> of this this has been this is this is a pleasure is there anything that you'd like to add or that we didn't ask
1: um well what i would say alex is I, alex
0: is like what what
1: Mimi?
2: okay
1: i mean <laughs> I, I i'll definitely share that like um yeah. i'm sure that there's loads of people just like me that didn't know that they, they were, or, or they knew that they thought differently, mm-hmm. but they were neurodivergent. And it, it's absolutely normal, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely normal to be the way that we are. Um, and, and you know, for many years, I thought I was just a complete one-off, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, a completely. <laughs> and, and it was only when um, one of our other friends, um, Alexandra, she said, oh, mm-hmm. you kind of think a bit like me. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. then we had a conversation. I realized, oh, there are more of us out there, right? You know, there's not, there's perhaps not many which are uniquely uh, aligned characteristically, but there are other people out there. And once you've seen one, you can't unsee it. And they're always, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of.
0: Then it gets into an area of takes one to know one a lot. (laughs) Oh,
2: hey, hi. We have
1: have certain lived experiences, which, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alex
2: i have one question like all the time <laughs> i'm from 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 up front that i really have to ask you uh and okay. it makes much more sense now uh when you looking back i mean you you work as an agile coach or you have to work as an agile yeah. coach right uh would you say is it easier for you today to make to make sense of those complex questions like on the playground with the with the plastic for example um do you use agile tools for yourself and to make sense of of those questions mm. uh, or to organize your your thinking uh, and yeah what tools do you use and how do you use them
1: well the there's a real simple answer to that which is it's actually 180 degrees different um so because i was born in complexity mm-hmm. every moment of my life has been complex is yeah, live live every second that that, that that I'm around that a- agility is 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 something this a set of practices which is designed frameworks and a way of thinking using a growth mindset um, and and values and principles that that all just make sense to people that are living complexity all of the time because this is we make sense yeah. of the world we don't live in a life that's imagined we live in a life that's real for us mm. at <laughs> yeah. all, every moment and we're like what's possible from here whether that's mm-hmm. repurposing something and whether it's and so everything about agility made sense um
0: it's uh, our natural state of being
1: yeah complexity and, and chaos to some degree yeah. too right um yeah and, and, but but you can understand. But 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 I've studied so many people that are brilliant in a complicated domain. So I, I understand instinctively through feeling whether it's simple. Whether, you know, if, if you think of a Kneavin framework where it talks about um, clear, complicated, complex, chaos, uh, confusion, aporia. Um, you can understand through feeling, and, and I even do improvised uh, uh, exercises with teams to to feel that. Uh, so that mm-hmm. they can understand that there's different ways of being dependent on the nature of the the way that the world is. So, so I always treat every moment as though it's I've been reborn, mm-hmm. and 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 we start from now. So I don't worry about all mm-hmm. of the successes of the past uh, or, or anything else. It's just this is where we are now. What's possible from here, and encourage yeah. teams to mm-hmm. explore in that area. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's more. I don't try to be agile or anything else I'm no. completely <laughs> agnostic of what agile is but I'm mm-hmm. I'm we're in we're either we're nearly always we're in complexity to some degree and it's it's understanding what that is understanding making sense of of the the work or, or and getting the team to be able to make sense of it for themselves because what I might think is complex it might not be for them uh, mm-hmm. so so I detach myself from what's their reality um, and and just encourage them to be the best that they can in any given moment, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and do the best job and you know touch with it's gone it's fairly okay so far. <laughs> no, does I that... like that. Resonates what? it
0: resonates a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. How about does that make sense for you, Alex, or is it different or
2: it nah, it makes it makes it makes sense. Uh it's not easy to apply practically. I what's guess not, for, what's,
1: for, what's not easy to apply. <laughs> I,
2: I I think for for um I try to switch perspective maybe to people uh who who aren't that familiar with the, the concept of agile work or, or agility and uh if that's
1: I suppose a simple way to kind of explain it in 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 a domain sense which is which is all of these domains are kind of entangled but if if we think of a clear and a simple thing hmm. that might be you know like working out your times table or something like that there's there's a way to do it it's it's pretty simple and anybody can learn it so that's like what they say is the known known zone then in the complicated it might be building a jet engine You'll get like a load of experts together. There might be different ways of assembling those parts in certain orders, but you know, some of it will be known at the start, some of it will be unknown, but you can uncover the unknown through you know an, an expert process. You can do the analysis up front um, and you can figure out a plan and you can get to the end in, in a variety of different ways depending on which experts choose that, that work. In the complex domain, it there's some stuff which is unknown unknown there's some stuff which is completely unknowable because it's it's it just we don't have a context within which to imagine it and in that sense you just have to try stuff you have to run experiments use a scientific method say okay what what's a hypothesis for this right what would good look like what would bad look like have a strategy for saying right if if it isn't working what else can we try Um, And and so it's it's saying, right, this is where we are now. And it's trying to make the unknown known. So some things which might start complex, once you know them, there might actually be a pattern that's repeatable and they might move from complex into complicated. Um, And likewise, some things which you think are complicated, there might be complexity in them and they can kind of transition across there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for chaos, It's just try something. (laughs) Just take an action. Uh, It's all unknowable to begin with. Take an action and see if you can find some knowledge. And then from there, like if if you are – Sinking in the water in the sea, for example, you don't try to say right i'm going to develop a plan you just try <laughs> to find some you try try to find something that floats <laughs> like a piece of wood or something. get on that and then make a decision from that point onwards you know like just just find do do something which is going to get you into a safer space than you're in right now in, in a space in which you can start to think um you know the best thing is action if you're in a in chaos um mm-hmm. And people in complexity can often dip their teams into chaos in order to have a new thinking, or even if they're in any of the zones, if if, if they're in a fixed way of thinking, but a new way of thinking is required, you, you can just do something which is unexpected, mm-hmm. um, which can dip them into that uh, chaos zone so that their brain kind of the neuroplasticity uh, gets affected and their old ways of thinking don't uh, no longer work. I I kind of call it like a controlled chaos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you can use chaos as a, as a way to introduce new ways of thinking.
2: Oh, that is so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. This
1: is why improvisation improvisation exercises are quite good because it takes people out of where they mm-hmm. were yeah. into a completely new perspective. And so you mm-hmm. you can do it in a in a in a in a friendly, humorous way or you could or yeah. some people you know like famously film directors they'll start shouting and screaming for no apparent reason at their cast just in order to shock them out of the 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 way that they're performing and and then you know a new a new patterns will suddenly emerge within the way that they that that that, that, that they act i mean there's all sorts of different ways to go about that but yeah taking a a controlled dip into chaos, and I use that term from Dave mm-hmm. Snowden, who invented that Canavin mm-hmm. framework. So just to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is this is this is this is also stuff that instinctively a lot of neurodivergent people, I think yeah. they do, they do it in day-to-day mm-hmm. life without even mm-hmm. thinking. They're mm-hmm. like, oh right, if, if I want to change the dynamic, I'm going to do something. Um, right, and, that, and it's and, also.
0: And, there's a, I have to add here, this, you know, because I've, I've got to
1: hop off actually, because I've got to a jump off. stop.
0: Right. Okay. No, no, no. We're have we right I, up. We're, we're wandering exactly. out the door. So thank you. thanks for joining us. And uh, we might do a part two at another time.
1: Definitely. Anytime. Love it. Always happy to it. chat. And thank you so much,
2: guys. Have a cool. brilliant day. Bye. You thank too. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> Bye.